What is up, everyone? It's your boy, Anthony, and welcome back to another episode of the Oddball Podcast. Yes, it's been a week since I last posted my, my last top 10, but we're back for another top 10. You know, when when things in the NBA world get a little bit more juicy, we'll, we'll, we'll be up with those episodes for sure. I hope everyone's been safe. Everyone's been good. Hopefully, everybody's safe out there. And first things first, make sure you do follow the podcast at... The Oddball Podcast on Instagram. Also, if you guys wanna, if you guys have any suggestions, any ideas on, you know, what exactly you want to hear covered, if you want me to go over anything specifically, just go ahead and send me an email. My email is at theoddballpod at gmail.com. So yeah, go ahead and just send an email if you have any questions, anything you want me to go over. Without further ado, this is another top ten Tuesday. And so for this week, we are going to do Drum roll, please. Top 10 basketball kicks of all time. We're going over sneakers this week. All right. So before I get into my top 10 sneakers, just a quick disclaimer. Well, actually, I just want to talk about sneakers real quick. Can we talk about how the new Jordan ones, those brown ones? Okay. I actually, I really like them. I, I like them more than the Travis Scott ones. In my opinion, like the Travis Scott one, I get it. It's hype. It's nice. The backwards swoosh is cool and all, but like the the subtlety of like the black toe type with the with the brown shoe, I think it pops a lot more. I think I wanna. I'm trying to cop those for sure. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and talk about a few honorable mentions before I do my top ten. Um, it is my top ten, so if there's more than ten in there, that's fine, I guess. Starting at first honorable mention, we have the Nike Adapt BB, you know, the self-lacing kicks. All right, so those are pretty crazy, pretty, like, futuristic. I know, like, John Moran, Luka Doncic, and all those people who debuted them. I think, honestly, I don't even remember if it was this year or last year. The, the, the NBA season was so long this year, like, you can't even blame me for not knowing. But the Nike Adapt self-lacing kicks is an honorable mention. And I know this is going to hurt some people, but the Jordan 4 is also an honorable mention. The Jordan 4 is probably one of my favorite Jordans of all time. You know, the white cements, the bread 4s. The bread 4s is probably like a grail shoe for me. But, if you know, I feel like if we're talking about basketball shoes in general, all time, I don't think it had, you know, as much of an impact as, you know, other shoes on this list. So, I mean, you'll you'll see as we as we go along, I think. So... Let's go ahead and start the list at number 10. We have the Jordan 6. Yep, the Jordan 6 released in 1991. Obviously, that's Michael Jordan's kicks. Man, what I mean, the Jordan 6 is like, it's up there for a lot of sneakerheads. That's one of people's favorite sneakers of all time. The white infreds, the black infreds, the carmines, the DMPs, the maroons. I mean... That one kind of holds like a special place in my heart because, you know, my, my little brother, his dream shoe was actually the Black and Fred 6s, and I made sure to get it for him for his high school graduation. So that, the Jordan 6 has like a little bit of meaning to me personally. But I mean, even to just like the NBA world, you know, those are the ones that Jordan wore when he won his first like NBA championship. And then obviously like you have the, the Travis Scott collab that just dropped, the green ones. If you didn't know the Jordan 6, it's just like iconic. The back of the 6, the the little pull uh, pull tab in the heel is actually, you know, they call it the spoiler because it's 
it's actually made you know to replicate kind of like a car spoiler so i mean if you didn't know that that's a quick little fun fact but i mean the jordan 6 is it's iconic number nine we have the kobe 9 the kobe 9 is really like one of my favorite kobe's of all time and it sucks because i feel like he didn't really get to like you know you didn't get prime kobe in the kobe 9s i think the people to debut the kobe 9 was like demar derozan i know nick young wore them for the lakers for sure um, but yeah, those dropped in 2015. You know, the the most popular colorways were probably like the masterpiece, the the Christmas ones, the what the the what the Kobe Nine was pretty crazy. The high tops, and I mean they're just like a unique looking sneaker. You know, they kind of look like a boxing shoe. And I remember when they first were, you know, first pictures were out, everyone was kind of like talking about them because it's like it's a basketball shoe, but it looks like a boxing shoe, and that you know really high cut of the shoe. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's just unique. And all the details that you see, I mean, you know, the back of the Jordan 9, how it has like the Achilles stitches for, you know, obviously Kobe's injury. At number nine, I do have the Kobe 9. Number eight, we have the Nike Hyperdunk. The Nike Hyperdunk for a while was like everyone's go-to shoe. I feel like when I played growing up, like the default, if you didn't have like obviously like a signature shoe, I feel like automatically you had a Nike Hyperdunk. Like, everyone owned a Hyperdunk at some point. Um, officially, they released in 2008. I feel like the first player to really rock the Hyperdunk was Kobe. Kobe, you know, before he really jumped into, like, the Kobe line and the Kobe system and all that stuff, he was rocking, you know, the Hirachis and the Hyperdunk. And, you know, those shoes were pretty crazy for me because I remember when they dropped, you had, like, the, the video of Kobe jumping over the Aston Martin and... Honestly, growing up for the longest time, I was like, I thought it was real. Like, I didn't know any better. And then, you know, you watch the video now, and you're just like, you just kind of laugh. Like, how would they even do that? But, yeah, so, like, the colorways, like, the Back to the Future, you know, kind of Air Mag color. I feel like that's the most common one. That's when you see a lot, the whole Air Mag color. Um, and there was, like, the Aston Martin pair that was, I believe, because of that video. Or I don't know which one came first, I would say. But there is the Aston Martin colorway that's really sought after. And actually, during the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, like that was kind of like the shoe of the team. You know, obviously, certain players wore, like, their signature sneaker. But everyone else wore that Olympic Hyperdunk. I think the Hyperdunk, yeah, the Hyperdunk was actually the first shoe to introduce that dynamic flywire that you see in almost every other Nike, like, model sense you know that lacing system those little wires yeah so that was the first shoe to have do that and then i mean it's crazy like it's just a hyperdunk but you have people like virgil who do off-white you know collabs and they do an off-white um hyperdunk and you have players like jordan clarkson pj tucker like people are actually hooping in them and honestly they're really nice but i feel like if you're not hooping in them like i don't know how you really rock that off the court really quick about the hyperdunk I feel like that's been a lot of players like like right before they get a signature shoe they'd be rocking like the hyperdunk like Kyrie did it Paul George did it like before they dropped their first signature shoe they were rocking the hyperdunk they were the Nike athlete for the hyperdunk so yeah I mean that I think that's why it's a little bit higher on the list just because you know it might not be everyone's favorite shoe but as far as on the court at some point everyone had to have owned a pair of hyperdunks number seven yeah number seven so we have the Nike Air More Uptempo. Honestly, not my favorite shoe on the list. I feel like they're just really clunky and chunky, but I think it's kind of unquestionable. Like everyone, when you see the shoe, you know what it is pretty much. I mean, it literally says Air on the side of the shoe in big old letters. And, it, you know, it's been replicated multiple times. You have the Supreme 
the Supreme Airmore of Tempo. You have Odell Beckham's, you know, cleats that are kind of, you know, reminiscent of the Airmore of Tempo. Um, they did drop in 96, and that was kind of like the Pippin. Like, that was Scottie Pippin's shoe. He was the one who really rocked it. And, you know, he wore it in the Olympics. And I think that's kind of like the most popular colorway is that Olympic colorway. But yeah, I mean, the traditional black and white, the navy and white, and then a lot of people actually really like the white on white. But yeah, 96, Pippen rocked them, and I think he rocked them during the whole, like, 72 and 10 era. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, not my personal favorite, but it's kind of undeniable, like, what it really did. Number six, this one, again, you know, I feel like it's a cool shoe, but not my personal favorite. But we have the Reebok questions. Yep. Basically, the only shoe that's relevant with Reebok, that's basically Allen Iverson. You know, those are the AIs, pretty much. So, they dropped in 96. Allen Iverson was the athlete for these. Honestly, the only athlete that's really notable with Reebok. I know there was a stint there where John Wall was a Reebok athlete. And I remember all those commercials for, like, Zigtech and all that stuff. I don't know if you remember that, but the Zigtech commercials... Yeah, that was a big thing. I remember John Wall. Yeah, he had his little stint there. But Allen Iverson is the only notable player that come out of Reebok. And I think that's why it's a little bit higher because that's, you know, if you think of Reebok, you only think of the, the questions. And, you know, it is obviously owned by Adidas. And surprisingly enough, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, I don't think in a single Adidas shoe made this list. There were honestly really good Adidas, like, uh, like the Crazy Aids, honestly the new Hardens, but I don't think they've really been, you know, they don't transcend time. I could have put the superstars in for an Adidas model, but I feel like no one really rocked Adidas, you know, other than NBA players, like the superstars. But, you know, your everyday Joe, like playing blacktop, I don't think was rocking superstars. I mean, I could be wrong. I wasn't born back then, but at number five, I have the Kobe 4. So the Kobe 4 obviously just dropped the Pro Tro. I didn't know this. Actually, over 100 players were rocking that Pro Tro when it dropped on the NBA court this year. Like, that was a really big drop. Everyone loves the Kobe 4. If you don't know, that's the first Kobe model to go, like, to a low top. All the other ones were, like, high tops. And those dropped in 2009. And then you have, like, obviously the, the Carpe Diem colorway. And I believe the Pro Tro is the, the draft day colorway. Those are pretty, like, those are pretty icy. I'm not going to lie. Like, they're icy. I didn't get them. I couldn't get my hands on them, but they are really icy. I mean, the Kobe 4, like I said, 2009, so that's Kobe's first championship. So you can tell, like, why they would gain so much, like, traction in the market, especially in L.A. It's been, it had been, like, years since the last championship to, to see Kobe win his first, quote-unquote, on his own in the Kobe 4. Like, it was big for L.A. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that the Kobe 4 is really up there. And I will say that is more of a sentimental pick, but... I mean, it's it's still a fire shoe. You can't you can't say it's not. All right. So next shoe. At number four, the foam posit, the Nike foam posit. Honestly, that shoe's really big in, on the East Coast. I've heard. I've personally never been to the East Coast, but I mean, they look like workhorses. You know, they're pretty much indestructible. I read somewhere that the actual the sole is about five times stronger than your average sneaker sole. Like, those things are just bricks. But, you know, they're the pennies. You know, Penny Hardaway, obviously, is the name you think of when you think of the Nike foam posit. But they dropped in 97 in that royal blue colorway. Honestly, my favorite colorway. You have other colorways like the, 
the Paranormans. The, remember the Weathermans? The Weathermans came out. Those were really bad. Really bad. Those were sitting really hard. But, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with the Nike Foam Posit. But what's crazy is that they were like 180 when they dropped in 97. Like $180 for a pair of shoes in 97 is pretty crazy. But, I mean, that's because the if you don't know, the Foam Posit's actually like it starts off as a liquid. And it's actually put in a mold and then heated at a certain temperature and that obviously hardens and becomes the shoe. So, I mean, the whole contraption, the whole, like, machine to make the foam posit costs thousands upon thousands of dollars. So, in order to remake, like, recoup that money and make a profit, Nike's forced to sell, you know, these sneakers at 180 bucks a pop. Which, you know, now is pretty average. But for, 90, like, 1997, to be dropping shoes for 180 you know, needless to say, they didn't really sell that well at first. And uh, also a quick fun fact about the Nike foam posit. You know, you think of Penny Hardaway who wore like the foam posit. But actually Mike Bibby at Arizona in college, Mike Bibby, he was the one who debuted them. He debuted that royal blue colorway. And then I believe like later that night, Penny actually wore them on the court. But yeah, Mike Bibby, first person to wear them. I don't know if we'll ever be talking about Mike Bibby again on this podcast. But you know, Mike Bibby, there goes the name drop for you. Shout out Mike Bibby. Um, all right, at number three on the list, we have the Jordan 3. Yep. Jordan 3, it comes in at number three. Dropped in 88. Obviously, Michael Jordan's third signature shoe. I mean, it's the Jordan 3. If you're a sneakerhead and you don't have a Jordan 3, are you really a sneakerhead? Okay, no, that's not fair. You know, I couldn't afford them growing up. But, you know, black cement, white cement, fire red. The Jordan 3 is obviously iconic. You're talking elephant print. And it's one of the best shoes of all time. They are, I I tried hooping in them recently. And they are honestly bricks, especially the retros. They're not made to be, like, hooped in. I don't know how Michael was hooping in some Jordan 3s. But anyway, um, Jordan 3... Obviously, you know, some notable moments is when Jordan dunks from the free throw line at the slam dunk contest um, and wins that dunk contest. Obviously, you have the elephant print, like I said earlier. And actually, that's the first Jordan sneaker to have that Jumpman logo, to actually not have any Nike logos at all, just that Jumpman. Because obviously, as we know, like, he started with the Nike swooshes and stuff like that and then obviously tried to transition into just, like, his own brand and make it just about the Jumpman. So, I mean, the Jordan 3 is just iconic. That's when you start, you know, the whole gotta be the shoes. Um, and, like, this shoe, honestly, got Jordan to stay with Nike. You know, he did. we all watched The Last Dance, so we all know, like, he wanted, he was an Adidas guy. He wanted to be an Adidas guy. And then his mom was like, nah, take that meeting with Nike. And then, you know, the rest is history, obviously. But actually, after the Jordan 2, he injured his foot that season and, you know, he told Nike, like, you know, we need to make a new shoe. So they obviously made it shorter. So he went for, instead of a high-top shoe, you went to a mid-top shoe. And actually, the leather on the Jordan 3 was designed to be softer and less stiff because he wanted a lighter shoe and he wanted less restriction around his ankle. He just wanted support. And then he, you know, got with Tinker Hatfield. Tinker Hatfield let him put in, like, he let Michael, you know, add some stuff to the shoe. That's why you got the elephant print and things like that. And then, you know, the rest is history. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, he might not be a Nike athlete. His contract was over. But honestly, that's probably the best thing about doing these top 10s is just you find out so much you didn't know. Like, I'm 
I consider myself a really big sneakerhead, but you know when you actually do the research and put in the time to learn about different sneakers and really see what was really popping in a certain er like era, you learn so much. But anyway, that's near here or there. But at number two, we have the Jordan, the Jordan Eleven. Yep. The Jordan 11 at number two. A lot of people's number one. I get it. I know. But the Jordan 11 comes in at number two. It dropped in 1995. You know, we're talking the Concords, the Breads, the Cool Grays, the Space Jams, the Columbias. Everyone knows the Jordan 11s. The Jordan 11s. You know, the patent leather, carbon fiber. Did you know that the first Jordan 11 had the number 45 on it? I mean, I knew they did that with the retro, you know, the Space Jams that they did, but I didn't know they actually released in 95 with the 45 at first, because obviously he came back from baseball and wore number 45. But, yeah, the Jordan 11, there's not much you can say. I mean, it's the, literally the classiest basketball shoe of all time. Like, you can go to the court, you can drop 40 on someone in some Jordan 11s, you know, take a quick shower, wear the same kicks, and then go to a wedding. And nobody's going to say anything. People are going to be like, all right, you know, he's still got the Jordan 11s. Yeah, that season, that was the 72-10 and 10 season. You know, it's just like, it's just a winner. That shoe was just a winner. When you look at that shoe, you just see Jordan's dominance. Like, the shoe was just amazing. I mean, obviously, it's number two. So, in my opinion, there is a number one. There is one shoe that's better than the Jordan 11, and that's the Jordan number one. I know it's cliche, like number one, it started it all, yeah, but really think about it. Think about how many Jordan 1 colorways there are and how many people be rocking Jordan 1s. You have skaters rocking Jordan 1s, you got hoopers rocking Jordan 1s, you got people that don't even know about sneakers that just see the silhouette and like, that's a fresh shoe. Um, but yeah, I started with the Chicago's in 1985. Well, actually, it didn't start with the Chicago's, but you know the whole band story we know about what quote-unquote shoe was banned when it really wasn't the jordan one but anyway yeah the jordan one dropped in 1985 michael jordan's first signature shoe <sighs> the colorways we're talking black toe ones bread ones chicago ones shadow ones royal ones and then you go into the more new you know the travis scott ones you have the shattered backboard ones you have the lows you like there's so many jordan ones that we've seen that always sell out you know if you drop the chicago's tomorrow they're gonna sell out you drop any jordan one they're probably gonna sell out they go with anything you can rock them on the court off the court it really doesn't matter like the jordan one is timeless it's always been timeless it's a staple in everyone's sneaker rotation and i think that's why it's number one like i understand people aren't wearing jordan ones in the nba right now like to hoop but if you put on a pair of Jordan 1s and go play basketball, you can hoop in them. And that's the crazy thing. They dropped in 85. And that traction, that traction still holds up today. Like, the Jordan 1 is a timeless shoe on the court, off the court. It's, there's nothing else to say. It's literally just timeless. My top 10 sneakers, basketball sneakers, quote unquote, of all time. Agree, disagree, let me know. I want to hear it. I want all the smoke. If you if you don't like my list, just let me know what your list would be. You guys can email me your list at theoddballpod at gmail.com. Like I said, follow me on Instagram at theoddballpodcast. Tune in 
because I got some episodes coming up pretty soon. But yeah, until then, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Peace.